The following content has been provided by RWTH Aachen University. So, state charts uh, are the next kind of representation you want to take a look at. They are also an improvement over STNs. Um, they also deal with concurrency better than STNs. Uh, they are a little more practical than Petri nets, probably, because Petri nets are wonderful and clean as a notation, but um, that sometimes makes them hard to actually understand and actually get, uh, you know, understand what's going on, especially if you have a mix of sequential and, and parallel things going on. Not with the simple dialogue that we just talked about. It's very obvious what's going on, very clean modeling. Um, the Satras are trying to take the idea of STNs, basically leave it as it is, but add a few things so we can deal with parallelism and other issues when they appear. They were introduced by Harrell and are used, um, among other things, in the unified modeling language. So um, you might well have come across them already in software engineering, for example. Um, as an example here, we'll be looking at a uh, TV control panel. And this is a very simple TV. And I'll use that example to, um, to show you what the state charts do um, over SDNs. The first thing that state charts allow you to do is to add hierarchy. That's a very simple thing. It doesn't really increase the um, expressiveness of it, but it means that we can basically take a state chart, put it in a box, and then refer to that box as a whole and have arrows going in and out of that box. We'll see, we see this here at work. There are two um, yeah, there's this big box here that is built around uh, this subnet, basically, of, a, of the state chart. Um, when you do this, you also have the option of creating concurrency. So in this case, on the left-hand side and right-hand side of this dotted line, we have two state charts. And these are being executed concurrently in a state chart. So that means that. I can actually model two things happening in parallel by putting the state charts for them, for them which are basically state transition networks with these additions, um, putting them next to each other, putting the dotted line in between, and then looking at how each of them is interact or, or modeling the parallel aspect that I want to model. There's also the option of, when you do that, of referring to the, you know, when you do an arrow, you can have an arrow going inside the state chart, which will mean that when you come from that state and you have this action happening, you end up exactly at that point. Or you can have an arrow pointing to the grouped parallel state chart here as a whole, which in that case raises the question, where does the substate, the subchart start? What does it do? because we're no longer going from one state to the next. Um, so in this particular case here, it means um, start at the last position you were at when you were last active. So these subcharts can remember, if you like, where they were, and then basically continue from there the next time they are being activated. So this arrow here, the, when you press when you're in the standby state of the TV and you press on, will activate these two um, sub-state networks. 
The, similarly, we have an option of creating a universal, you could call it, escape. Remember the problem we talked about in the, um, in the graphics tool, when we said, well, if I want to press escape to get out of every single sort of step in the drawing routine, I need to add a little arrow from every single you know, state, label it escape, and say that will get me back to the main menu. Um, that's very tedious. So um, this is the function that you get by putting a box around these things and then just drawing an arrow from that box. That means any state I'm in here, if this action happens, I will move to this new state. So I will leave the box and get up there. And then finally, um, we may not always want to start at the um, same state when we enter a substate network. We may want to remember where we were, were at last time. So it's kind of like a freeze drying of a, of a subnetwork. On the left hand side here, we have a subnetwork that has a little black marker. This is basically like the double. Um, circle, you know, from finite uh, state machines in your in your algorithm classes, um, that basically marks the start state. So anytime this network gets activated, it will simply always enter this state, um, even if it comes in through the box here, which basically just says you know run the two state charts left and right. This right one here, when the on state is active, activated, the first time it will also start here because it has the start marker here. But this H this is, means that this is a history-preserving start marker. So the next time this thing gets activated through the on button, it will remember where it was and continue from there. So those are this is the link, sort of you know the, the history marker that you can put on a uh, on a start uh, marker and say I want this thing to preserve its state between activations. Um, this is all maybe a little weird. Uh, let's play through this with the TV we're looking at here. Um, this is a very simple remote. Um, it basically has an on-off button, a mute button, and um, a, a channel button. So what we're looking at here is a remote that kind of looks like this. It has an on button. It has an off button. And then it has a, a reset button, which is probably going to be, you know, on the back of the remote, and you can only poke it with a whatever ball pen or something. And then it has a mute button, and it has a an SEL, it's a channel selection button. This is really for you know channel surfers. You cannot actually enter um, a particular channel. You can just press select to go to the next channel. So very very simple, right? So that's our remote we're looking at here, and. Um, so what happens here, or what are we modeling? Well, uh, this TV is normally in the standby state, which is a fancy way of saying it's off. Um, so the standby state, when we're in that state, we can press the on button. When we press the on button, we enter that compound state at the bottom, the big box. Entering the compound state means literally we activate all the state transition networks inside. We currently have two of them inside. They are parallel because they have a dotted line in between. So the left one gets activated and the right one gets activated. Where do they get activated? Well, that depends because we're not pointing to a particular state inside each of them. We're just pointing to the compound state, to the big box. So the local or the, the subnets will decide themselves where they will start. The left-hand one on the sound side will actually start 
in the on state. No matter where it was the last time when the TV was turned on. Why could that be a good idea? Why, why is that? That's a design decision that we just described, actually. Why could that be a good idea? Yeah? Because the normal use case of a TV is to watch it and hear it. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe if the user forgot to put on the sound when he, when he turns off his TV, because he was telephoning or something, uh, then um, the next time he puts on the TV, he he will want the sound to be on and not to be off. Right, that's exactly what's going on. In fact, I would go one step further. I would probably say every time, the, uh, nobody will ever unmute their TV before they turn it off just to reset it into like a normal state. That sounds completely ridiculous. Like if I muted my, my TV and the next thing I want is it to be off, I'll just press the off button. And I won't worry about resetting the mute. So it makes sense not to remember that mute was active. While that's going on, I can also, and that makes perfect sense because that's how the remote works, I can also work my way through the channels. Now I said the only way to work my way through the channels is pressing the select button to go to the next channel. If I'm on channel one, I end up on, and press select, I end up on channel two. That seems to make sense. Then I end up on three and on four. And here we can see that we modeled so that the thing should turn around and go back to channel one once you press select again on channel four. Again, makes perfect sense, right? Since I, there's no way to go back one channel, I got to circle through. And notice how we're modeling these effects of the interface and the behavior of the interface here very precisely in the state chart. Now, where does the TV start when I turn it on the first time? Yeah? Exactly. So in the case of the channel setting, I want to remember where it was the last time I turned it off because that's, you know, again, pretty likely that you want to watch the same channel again. Um, so that's why this has the little H marker here that says I'll start on channel one for the first time when the TV gets turned on the very first time. But after that, I actually want to remember uh, which channel the user was on when he last turned it off. And then I'll go back to the same state. Um, so I will maybe start on channel three the next time because that was the one that was active when it was turned off. Okay, so that clears up what happens with the on button, with the mute button, with the select button. Uh, we're left with the off button. That's also clear what happens anywhere where I am. No matter whether our sound is on or off and channels are away, of course I always want the off button to work, right? That's clear. So again, with this state chart, we're modeling that explicitly by making this drawing saying, no matter where we are in this, always make sure that the off button immediately turns the, the thing off. Clear. Um, we're left with a reset button. The reset button is interesting because it behaves differently from turning the TV on normally. What does it do? Yeah? It turns the TV on and sets the sound on, on and the channel on channel one. Mm -hmm. So the difference here to normally turning it on is that it, it makes sure that we end up here and here, right? So especially, and this wouldn't really have been necessary because this substate uh, network always starts in the on state anyway, but here we show a direct arrow into, into the box, not to the corner or to the edge of it, and saying when we enter this compound state through the reset arc, 
we want to go to this state particular. So we're overriding the history function and making sure that when the user presses reset, you know, the TV resets itself to channel one. Yes? In this scenario, is it possible to, uh, to press reset even though uh, TV is already on? Or does the TV have to be off now? What do you think? According to the state chart. Yes. Okay, no, that's, that's perfect. Uh, makes perfect sense, and that's exactly the kind of discussion you want to have in your design team based on a state chart like this, right? Because then it's crystal clear what you're talking about. You can say, well, right now, you can, as you can all see, you know, we've defined it to only work in the off state. Do we also want it to work in the on state? And you can have a discussion, and you know, yeah, you're probably right. You want the reset button to also work in the on state, and then you can redraw your your state transition network. Sorry, your your state chart to reflect that change. So you're right, it probably makes more sense. Um, and the point here is not to design the best possible remote, but just to show you that by making a state chart of an interaction like this, you can actually be very clear and very specific and unmistakable about what the system should be doing interactively, okay? So this hopefully shows that this is a fairly useful notation to do this, yes? Uh, to redesign it in the way that you just said, would you just make an error from the big box back to the big box? and then to on and channel one? Um, yep, yep. Because anywhere you are in the substate of the uh, compound state, anywhere you are, you always want the reset button to work. And it would, so it would leave the compound state, and the arc would then go back in the way the reset arc goes back now. Yes. Yeah, good. So we solved that too. Good. Um, so that's the, that's the way to use state charts um, to make precise descriptions of how um, these things work. Uh, the important now, things to remember are that state charts will give you this option of getting a little parallel, getting a little concurrency into your system with this dotted line and several substates in one go. And that's the sort of the, the big power that you add to your notation over your traditional state transition network. This content was provided by RWTH, Aachen University.